Welcome to episode 11 of the Local Meta. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. And so, John, you got to play the pre-release today. I'm, I don't get to play with it till tomorrow with you. We're doing, I'm doing Two-Headed Giant, but you got to play a few more games with me. So how how did your first day go? I got to play in two pre-releases today. Super exciting. I went 3-1 in both. Uh, well, that's not bad. Yeah. Uh, blue green ramp is kind of fantastic when you cast seven sevens for seven on turn four. Yeah. And blue white tempo flyers is also really good when your opponent doesn't have like every single board wipe in the game. <laughs> so we, we've got at least two good things. Yeah. So format suite. Like it seems like a lot of the stuff that you know we kind of figured would be fine is good. Like there is like. Uh, Embalm is amazing. Like the Goblin Piker, the blue, the two blue two one for two. Like that mm-hmm. card's actually really good. Nice. Like, cause you know, like you trade it off with anything, and then you know, on turn four or whenever you have excess mana, you just replay it again as another creature, and just like it's just a free dude. So yeah. um, Magma Spray is probably much better than originally thought, and I already thought the card was amazing. Dang. <laughs> I'll have to keep that in mind. It's going to be unfortunate because we won't have the opportunity to um, uh, face each other in the finals because we'll be playing as a team tomorrow. No, instead we get to uh, try and not go 0-3 as we combine our minds to be the greatest Magic player that ever was. Yeah, we got a long way to go. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm totally excited for one of us to be land-screwed while the other one is land-flooded at the same time. Just... So we can be super salty about it. Yep. But, <laughs> so we're going to talk about a really tiny topic in Magic. Um, we're going to talk about limited. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not like there's other entire podcasts and articles and things about this specific topic that hey. span hundreds of episodes. No, it's like oh, yeah, there's not a, there's not a podcast called Limited Resources that's into like 370s or some shit. Yeah, so we're just going to cover it in one episode and yep. just be done with it, because... Everything that, you could possibly good? need to know about Limited. Okay, John, so why don't you kick this one off for us? Alright, uh, I suppose, just to put this out there for anyone who randomly doesn't know, Limited is when you basically take your pack, like take a bunch of packs of varying types and varieties, and you make a deck out of them somehow. Yeah, and that can happen multiple different ways, from drafting to just opening packs and making a deck to even really weird formats that we're not going to get in here. Yeah, or we're even just even just opening your pack and not looking at the cards and playing a game with it. Yeah, Pack Wars, one of the Love greatest it. limited formats of all time. Love it. Side note: okay. there is only one truly broken card in Omniket for Pack Wars. It is a two-three for three that has fire breathing. Oh man, and reach. That's... Sick. I can't believe they print cards like that. I know. Broken. <laughs> okay. Uh, but we're okay. probably going to be focusing primarily on draft for this just because it's the most common thing people do. While a lot of people really like sealed, it's not something that happens very often. Yeah, I love sealed, and I'm sure we'll hit that up eventually, but it's just not played as much as uh, booster draft. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the rule, or a lot of like the the concepts of one usually carry over into the other. Except sealed is normally a lot slower of a format, so you can take stuff like that into account. 
it is both easier to splash and you're much it's much more powerful when you have mana sinks than when you're playing draft. But mm-hmm. there are understand that there are differences. Like I personally like I think that I am much better at draft than I am at sealed. And I think yeah. you think vice versa about yourself. Yeah, I think I feel the opposite. I feel like I'm I'm much better at sealed than I am at draft. Which is Kind of interesting, little which is, a, which is unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a more commonly played format, but yeah. so, John, what do you think is the most important thing about limited? Uh, hands down, it is card evaluation. Um, it's the thing that most people who aren't good at draft or sealed or something like that, it's what they struggle the most with, where they'll play a card because they think it's good, but it very much is not. Um. Everything that really like stems from like you know like from building your like and like card evaluation isn't just oh this card's good versus this card is bad it's is this card good in your deck is this card bad in your deck like is this card like is the archetype that this card goes into actually a good archetype in the format as a whole and like just a lot of work like a lot of what goes into being good at limited goes into being able to look at a card and say, yes, this card is good. Yeah, like, I feel like one of the big lines to tell if somebody knows what they're doing in in draft is when you hit, like, pack three or something and they open up, like, a decent, uh, like, a pretty good, like, five drop or something like that, but they already have a bunch of five drops and they take the, like, mediocre two or three drop because they need it in their curve. Yeah, like that's that is one of the things that you know it's it's very important for people to take things like that um, into account when they're actually building their deck because like they're comprehending the whole you know like this is what my curve needs to look like and that is another part of card evaluation is like you you need to still build a functional deck you can't just take every single bomb you see you know like I would love to have a deck that's nothing but three two flyers for four. But I'll be dead because my opponent played two drop, three drop, four drop, and I did nothing. Yeah, as much as I'd have love to have Sarah Sarah Angel dot deck, it's just you just die before that. Even though that card is just great in limited. Yeah, well, like that's another very large part of card evaluation is you know understanding that like the pow- a good two drop is more important for your deck than like a great six drop. Because if the six drop is not a bomb, it's probably replaceable. Yeah, it's, it's a very common thing, actually, if you listen to someone who's talking about limited, where they'll say, you know, like, it's called the five drop tax, where a five drop is much weaker by comparison, because even though it's better than another five drop, it's not that much better. Wandering Giant is a four five menace for five, and the last new sailback is a five four for five. Mm-hmm. One is better than the other, but not noticeably, like not horribly so you still you just want one or the other in your deck. Usually you don't want to fill up on them yeah i mean the average deck is usually playing like only a few five drops or and higher i mean you you, there's just not enough space there whereas like you want you you take almost as many two drops as you can play to some degree i i definitely try (laughs) i I never seem to cast them on turn two but i try (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh yeah um something that stems a lot into uh the card evaluation rule is, or card evaluation is something I like, I like to refer to as the pack one, pick one through pick three rule. And what that actually is, is no matter what is in that pack, it is 
the best value for you as a player to take the best card out of that pack, no matter what else is in it. I was wondering, I, like, so I hadn't heard this rule before, and I just saw it in the notes and everything, and I have to say I completely 100% agree with that. Yeah, like, I'm not going to lie, I break this rule somewhat frequently, but that's because... I tend to know the people like I draft with. It's actually something that I did for the invita the first invitational I won where I cracked my pack and there was like there was a Nahiri's Wrath and there was a, another red burn spell and like another good red creature and like hands down I should be taking that Nahiri's Wrath. Mm -hmm. It is an amazing removal spell, but I looked at it and I knew who was like sitting to the left of me at the table. Like they're not going; they're going to take these red cards if they see them. And so I took the Exultant Cultist, a two-two for three that when it dies you draw a card, because I knew that the people at the table weren't big on drafting the merge deck, and I was a really big fan of it. So I kind I went off the deep end and took this like chaff three drop because that's good in like one deck, and wound up winning the Invitational with it. Not saying I, I was in the right to do so, but <laughs> it, I, I broke my own rule and it paid off. But that's something that you need to understand your own personal meta to be able to do something like that. Yeah, like in the, in the first, those, those first three picks about, uh, that's what I tend to do is I just tend to look at the pack and say, this is the best card. And I don't worry, I don't really worry about signals or anything like that at, at that time, you know. Even if, even if I look at the pack and it's like, oh, there's two great red cards, I'm going to take the best red card, and, you know, we'll go from there, basically. Yeah, it's not as big of a deal, like, pack one, pick one, if you're sending, like, awkward signals to the people to your um, left, because they should, if they're intelligent, they should be taking stuff like that into account, where it's like, well, you know, this thing is, like, if, if you get a pack from someone and there's, like, a really, like, if it has shock in it, or, like, another black removal spell, but the rare smithing, missing you have no idea what they took there's a lot of rares that are way better than shock there's a lot yeah. of rares that are way better than daring demolition and there's a lot of people that would just take a rare for no reason yeah so like it's just <laughs> something that you need to take like you know what if they open money like, it's, yeah, like I mean... if you're playing you know like modern masters and, and you get a pack and the rares missing what if they just took karma goyf I mean, yeah it's like what is you know what is the draft order pick of hundred dollar bill right yeah <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you're opening it at your store, it's like it, if you open the Tarmogoyf, you take the Tarmogoyf. I yeah. mean, you know, I, it's like I, I can I can sell this card and do three more drafts. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, you. Here, here's the thing. Local wise, you know. Oh, we we talked about this. You, yeah, you take you take the Goyf. Yeah. There there is no Goyf gate in local magic. No. You just, you just take it. <laughs> No, we actually we actually had something similar to that where the store that we play at they they've enforced a rule where you can no longer buy a new plaque to replace a pack if you open like a super valuable pack you either have to pass a valuable card or drop and everyone's like yeah we'll just drop we don't care yeah. this is fine like you open goif foil goif everyone will, no one will hate you at that table and if they do they're wrong yeah that's that yeah, that's yeah I mean it's like you know if, if you win the lottery. Just take your ticket, man. Yeah, deal with it. It's fine. <laughs> so, uh, I, I kind of mentioned it there when I was talking about the, your your rule, but I'm uh I'm really really bad at this. But so signals, how you know, give us a rundown on that. 
Signals are the thing that a lot of people just don't understand. Yeah, right here, man. Like, so... I'm gonna, I suppose, I'll preface this with a statement. It should be the goal of every single person at that draft table to make it so every single other person at that table has the best deck they can possibly have. I agree. Uh, the reasoning behind this is, you know, if, like, if you, if you're passing a bunch of, if you pass, like, you know, a really good card that's not in your colors to someone, and they play it, the odds of you playing against them is one out of seven. The odds of them drawing it against you is, I don't even know the actual mathematics, but it's not a guarantee. And, like, the odds of that exact card being the one thing that you cannot beat in their entire deck are astronomically low. It's like, so yeah. many things need to go into something like that to make it where, like, it's almost never correct to hate draft. It basically is never correct. Yes, and signaling is another thing that a lot of people don't take into account with things like that. Like, like the whole, you know, like, if I take this one really good red card and I pass two other really good red cards, I'm sending the signals to those people. Like, the person to my left is getting a signal that, oh, you know, this is a really good red card, I'm going to go into red. And the person next to them goes into his, you know, they also get a really good red card. I'm like, well, shit, red must be good. This is pick three red card, right? And it's very easy for people to kind of get hung up on something like that. And they will, like, suddenly it's like, all right, so you're getting, you know, you're getting good red cards because you lucked, you lucked out in pack mm -hmm. one. And then pack two, there's two people to your left who will never give you a goddamn red card. Mm -hmm. And that is bad. Yep. So, like, signaling is something that, like, you need to take into account everything you are passing to someone, because even though you only get passed, uh, they only passed you once per, once out of the entire draft, it can still just steamroll your whole draft if you just have one pack that's abysmal, and then what happens if your third pack's just solidly mediocre, too? Yeah. Like, during the last Invitational, um, I wound up, I was, like, mono-red until pick seven when I took a blue card. And, like, all of a sudden, it was pack three, I don't know what happened, where suddenly, like, the red, like, I get a Welding Sparks, which is, like, a slam first pickable red card in straight yeah, Kaladesh, yeah. and then the red just dries up pack three, and I don't understand why, and then I found out the person directly to my right was somehow in red the whole game, and I just <laughs> don't get how that happened. Like and like, I don't I don't know if like they're just they did not read my signals if they just don't understand the signals that they were sending, but like a lot of you know signals once again comes into card evaluation where you, if you do not value a card the same as your opponent does, and you like if you look at a card and you're like well I consider this card to only be like you know fifth through eighth pick worthy like it's not that great but the, you know it's still just worth having in your deck and you pass it to someone else and they think it's like a super bomb amazing that's kind of problematic for you because you're putting them into a color with a card that they really like even if the card is trash yeah it's it, it's the difference between somebody rating a card like a c and and you know or like you rate the card a c and they rate it like a b plus a minus or something like that yeah and like that's oh big difficult thing to t that comes in a signaling is like the whole card evaluation aspect of it ideally you know you want to sit down and have a chat with all the people you draft with regularly and maybe you'll all come to an agreement on the value of certain cards <laughs> but... see that's, that is an advantage of playing in a local store is that you can you can kind of understand what people are doing and and have the discussions about cards and have and 
everybody can get that information kind of so it's like i mean if you have one if you have the discussion about oh we think you know this card is this card's a salt you know about a c in it and someone is constantly disagreeing no man this card is just a bomb like when you're drafting with that person you kind of have to take it into account yeah I've actually jokingly, I've had a conversation with two of my friends who, like, the three of us are kind of known as, like, you know, pseudo-ringers when it comes to the F&M drafts. We all, usually one of us tends up winning, or ends up winning, and we just, we just generically know what we're doing. And we have a lot of conversations about Limited, and, like, you know, all the other people who aren't, you know, like, as intense in the Limited, they're sitting around and they're listening. And I was once telling those, those other two, I'm like, you know, guys... It's kind of like negative EV that we have these conversations where everyone can listen to us because suddenly they know how we value cards and then they're more likely to like hate draft and do stuff like that. And like, you know, our decks are going to wind up being worse as a result. And, and so the other, one of them was like, well, yeah, but it's not that bad because that means they're getting better at actual draft. I'm like, they're not getting better. They're just taking cards because they think that they think that they're good instead of because they know that they're good. Like, and there is a difference between thinking a card is good as, and knowing a card is good. Yeah, that is true. But, you know, I just I just always think it's hilarious. Like, we'll, we'll have our conversation when a format first comes out of, like, what we think, like, the good colors are. And it is impossible to draft those colors for, like, the next <laughs> three weeks. You, like, there, you, for, like, the last, uh, or, like, for the... A couple weeks of Kaladesh, there was a point where you could not draft red because everyone at that table was trying to force red. <laughs> but the, you, if, if everybody's trying to force a color, you're just getting past everything else, though, is the thing. Yeah, it was great. It's like, I'm, you know, building, like, this weird blue-black deck. I'm like, this deck's sweet. I mean, if you're getting past all the gas, it's like, okay, man, like, you know... <laughs> And then you, you like, it's also weird because then you have some people who, like, they get in the habit. Like, there's this one guy who he literally drafted green white every single draft except one. And we're pretty sure the card that always put him into green white was Oath of Ajani. <laughs> and it's kind of weird. The one time he didn't draft green white, he drafted blue black with Tezzeret. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd do that. Tezzeret's gas, but. Yeah. But so, just gonna go back to your your uh your picks one through three rule. Uh-huh. Um, and and to just expand on it, I just wanna. I know we've talked about this before and stuff, but it's something that I feel strongly about too. Um, don't get married to your first pick. Yes, it is a horrible idea. Like you can open the bombiest of all bombs. That like if you ever cast it, like if you ever resolve it, you win the game on the spot. And if you don't get the colors that allow you to play that deck, you should not play it. Yeah. Like, that's just something that like a lot of people, you know, they're like, well, I picked this card, and, um, like, actually, the guy who won the Invitational, uh, he first picked an Ajani, and then, like, Green-White is really weak in Aethervolt Kaladesh, and he basically just, like, he drafted Green-White as a result, and his deck was actually pretty decent. I mean, it's not. It wasn't BFZ like green. Was yeah, it? like, like is there, there's no such thing. There's nothing near as bad as BFZ green. Like that. <laughs> like 
most of the time it's like you should be playing what is open for your seat. Yeah, so like he de- like the, I think a lot of people at that table just were not fans of green white as a color combination. He wound up having a pretty like decent deck as a result except for like there's there are certain cards that should never see the light of day in a draft deck, but he played them because, you know, he they were his only real source for removal and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, even stuff like that, like, he's like, well, you know, I opened a Johnny, so I figured you gotta make it work, right? It's like, not really. Like, <laughs> he wound up drafting his seat correctly, but yep. the whole concept of, like, he was still only in those colors because of a Johnny seems flawed to me. Yeah. But, I mean, props to him, he won the Invitational. That's something, like, you can't, you can't just luck sack your way into, you know, winning the top eight draft. There's some, there's some ringers in the top eight draft, usually, so... Yeah, yeah, it's not just like he still played. I mean, he still played well. Yeah, really lucky. Yeah, he, he still, did. I mean, he did well. Yeah, he still played well. He still had to have built his deck decent. So, props to him for I mean, it. If he if he drafted the seat right, I mean, whatever his reasoning were, I guess it worked out. Yeah, that's yeah. But that's a lot of a lot of people. You know, like they'll see uh, they'll open a card and they're like, oh, I'm gonna play this and it's gonna be great. It's like yeah, but the problem is like you you're like take you decided to play like this red and black you know legendary 17 drop and then like the person directly to your right is also drafting red black the person to your left is drafting red black for some ungodly reason and you're just getting bowed and you don't even notice it and then you wonder why you lose yeah like i i kind of have the exact opposite problem i, f- I find in draft is i stay open way too long yes you you have difficulty with commitments ha uh-huh. <laughs> it's not like you're married or anything. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, like I, I stay, I stay open way late into the draft, like almost into pack two, like mm. that far. I'm just like, yeah, we'll see where this goes. Which, to be fair, <laughs> in some formats is actually perfectly viable. But the modern yeah. day format is not something that allows you to stay open that long because you know. You need consistency in your deck, and if mm-hmm. you if you only have like you know six playables and your actual color combination going into pack two, you kind of have some issues. Yeah, yeah, and that's and I've ran into that before. I just tend to, and it's usually like my secondary color that just gets just gets hosed, just gets hosed on it because I I'm drafting wrong. Yeah, a lot of people usually don't have difficulty finding their first color. It's the second color that gets to a lot of people. Like, just trying to figure out, like, what the second color should be and stuff like that. Usually usually their first color is their first pick, but, you know, whatever. I think that I'm, uh, like, uh, the Shadows of Rinistra drafted it when, um, I think you bought me into it. Um... (laughs) Because the construction event fell through or something like that. And I ended up going 3-0 in that one. I think I was starting out green-red or something like that. Mm-hmm. And ended up, like, almost all green in the first pack. And the second pack just, like, ate up all the white. And then the third pack, I think I got a little bit for both and just ended up crushing. Yeah. You, like, showed me your deck and you're like, I'm not sure if this deck is good. I'm like, you literally have the best color combination in the entire format. Your Your deck is full of amazing bombs. You're like, oh. Like, yep. <laughs> but, that, but see, that was because my, I felt like my draft went off the rails. Yeah, like. because but you're, you're like to your perception, you it did go off the rails because you were like green red, and then you're like, oh, this red just dried up, and I had to take these white cards. It's like I'm like looking at your deck, I'm like I'm so jealous of you right now. 
Why can't I have this pool? <laughs> maybe I, maybe I stopped taking red a little earlier because I think I was wavering for like the first half of pack one, and I think I remember because double face cards, free information, lol. Yeah. I think I, I think I saw somebody else taking uh. Uh, some of the red werewolves or something like that, so I'm like, well, I'm out on that plan. Dude, the most annoying thing about stuff like the double-faced cards and conspiracy drafts is when, like, you're sitting <laughs> there and you take a card that you blatantly announce to the table, this is what I'm playing, these are the colors I'm in, and then the person you're passing to takes the exact same colors as you, it's like, really? Really? This is, I, this, there is no brighter signal than me literally putting a werewolf on the table like climbing on the table and be like I, i'm taking this like you you cannot take another werewolf when i do this your deck will be terrible and then their deck is terrible and they make your deck terrible because they're drafting terrible it's like oh my god yeah I, w I will never have the chaos draft deck that i had the last time we did it though so yeah that deck was disgusting that was stupid i can't well i got like a fourth pick like Luminant Primordial or something dumb like that. Yeah. Like, it, it was just... Oh, man. I, I, like, that... It was just the most insane black-white deck ever. Like, I, I hit every good card. <laughs> I still think that my mono-black stacks deck with braids was the the best deck at that table, even though it couldn't really beat your deck in a million years. That was a ridiculous deck. My deck was just sweet. Braids. Your deck, your deck had the sweetness factor, yeah. for sure. Braids plus uh, Elixir of Immortality. I will win, eventually. Eventually. Unless <laughs> I kill everything you have and yeah. beat you to death with good creatures. Because I didn't but... cast Braids. <laughs> that is true. Yep. So, <laughs> back off of about, story time. Let's, let's talk about one of our pet peeves in any limited format ever, basically. Yep. Splashing. All right. Well, not splashing in particular. Splashing is fine. There are reasons to splash. Splashing needs to it's... be justified. But if you're playing three color, I f oh, hate you. I hate you. Like, <laughs> I f hate you. You're an abomination. The only decks that should be three color are when formats actually allow it to be three color. And most formats aren't. <laughs> yes. Guess like, what? I... Almond is not a three color format. I don't care what my friend who played five color at the midnight previously says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like if you want to build a consistent deck, play two colors. Yes. If you're gonna splash a card, maybe one, like maybe two, and it better not have a double mana symbol. Yeah, like like splashing is something like so. Consistency is king in Magic. Yes. Everything like, about that is how you win. like everything about Magic is literally the people who are trying to win doing their best to make their deck do the exact same thing every single time, except unexpected results. That's still trying to do. You're still trying to do the exact same thing every single time. Your goal is to hit Emrakul. You just never do. I did once, twice, three times, <laughs> a lady. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Consistency is king, and your mana base is a very important part of that consistency. And it's something that, like, mm -hmm. so many people just don't seem to comprehend that you can't just luck sack your way into blue, red, black mana on turn three. Even though, I mean, you can't. Some people you can, do. But you shouldn't try. Yeah. Like, it's just not a reliable thing. Like, and if you're. It's like being legit three color in a format with, like, no actual like dual lands like if the format doesn't have a guild gate equivalent you probably shouldn't be more than two colors yeah like 
Evolving Wilds does not count. Like, contrary to popular belief, Evolving Wilds is not a five-color land. It gets you a land. Yep. And you don't get to change your mind later. Yeah, which I've seen people screw themselves over with before, which is oh, always man. entertaining. I, I mean, the wrong fetch is just a classic thing. Yeah. And, like, and that's, like, people do the wrong fetch when they're literally able to fetch for any color in their deck. It's mm-hmm. a lot different when you're using just an Evolving Wilds. And a lot of people yeah. don't seem to take that into account. Mm-hmm. And, like, I firmly believe that if you are splashing for a card, it better win the game on the spot. Yes, it basically better do that. Like, two... The last two times... The last two times I legitimately splashed were in, um... Uh, Eldritch Moon. And it was... So on my first draft of Eldritch Moon, I was blue-green emerge, and I splashed black for the activation off of Ishkana. Because, duh. Yeah. Like, that is just a great thing to splash. And the other the other draft I did in, in, in Estrad was I was black-green, and I splashed... White for Soren, Grim Nemesis. Soren's okay. Yeah, you know, he's he's only a six-mana Planeswalker that, like, nukes a creature into oblivion. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, like, if you're, spl- like, and those are, like, I'm literally splashing single-color things to do that. I need a single black to make Ishkana good. I need a single white to make uh, Soren good. And I had, um... I played a single planes, plus I had a Terrarian, or I think it was Terrarian, and I had a three mana that lets me search my library for two lands, put one of my deck, or one of my hand, one of my graveyard. Hmm. So I essentially had three white sources to cast a single white card I had in my deck. Mm-hmm. You know what? I never had the mana issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I can't remember the last time I splashed. I am I am so against playing three color unless the format dictates it, like or splashing or anything like. And I just haven't had the need to to do that really. So it's like, I man, I ugh, yeah. ugh. in in sealed deck I have this personal like I have this statement that I will tell anyone who asks and even those who don't that I think every single pool can be shaved down to two colors. It doesn't matter how bad your pool is. Like, I had someone give me a pool that was, um, it was like white, red, green, or something. And I looked, I took their, I took their whole pool and I built a blue white deck out of it. And they wound up going 4 <laughs> It's like, it's literally just card evaluation. It's like, you, like, sometimes you have to, like, you do sometimes have to splash just to fill out your deck. Like, it mm-hmm. does happen. But it happens way less than people seem to think it is, and it's because they don't want to play cards that are mediocre, so they wind up making their deck weaker by proxy. I mean, part of it, part of making decks like that without getting too much into sealed is just making those tough decisions and saying this is my best color overall. Yeah, like it's something that a lot of people don't seem to really take into account is the whole like. By splashing, you are sacrificing consistency for power. And that is mm-hmm. a very big thing to be sacrificing. 
and like it's, it's a it's a real cost. Yeah, it is an absolute real cost that a lot of people just don't seem to ever think about. Because like, well, this card is you know this is a really good white removal spell. I might as well just put it in my blue black deck because you know I need removal. It's like, or you could just play this really mediocre three drop creature and have good mana. I like yeah. I like I like mana. That is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the and and I know I know it says sometimes. And it, people use the phrase too much, but there is no such thing as a free splash. There, yeah, there's like even that whole you know. Well, I have this three mana sorcery that lets me get a land, and I have a, the actual basic itself, and then I have you know the Terrarian to make my splash work. That was, still wasn't a free splash. There's a cost there. Like even if like I don't get color screwed because I happen to have drawn a white land instead of a, a green land, I can just have Thorn rotting in my hand. Yep. Like if he's in my hand and I cannot cast him, he is a, effectively a mulligan. He's a card yep. that does absolutely nothing, and a lot of people don't think about stuff like that. It's like every time I beat someone will be when they're playing three color, and they're like, "Well, I just needed to top deck this planes, and I would have been able to cast all this stuff." I'm like, "Or you could have just played, you know, actual castable cards instead of those, and then you actually put a, would have probably won." Yeah, they just it's it's so easy to think about the times when it's like, "Oh yeah, I got my three colors of mana, and I." cast everything and it was awesome and you know unicorns and yep. rainbows and shit like that but you never think about like for some reason you just ignore the times when you're like well i have you know four lands out and i can't cast anything because i decided to play three color yeah which is super interesting because normally people always remember the negatives not the positives but it seems except when it comes to magic cards yeah when it comes to magic cards you only think of like oh this is amazing <laughs> yeah because they they never remember that card that they don't have a target for that just does nothing yeah. in their hand when I kill them, although or that it, or that enchantment that they cast that did nothing because I just killed them the next turn because they didn't affect the board. Yep. Oh, uh, I'm one more thing about splashing. Um, All right. My personal favorite story I have in splashing was uh, Fate Reforged Cons of Tarkir, and I drafted Mono Green. The first two packs, just entirely mono green, and pack three, I get past Salumgar the Drifting Death and proceed to splash both colors as my only green and black cards in the entire deck. A single Salumgar, because black blue, you mean. yeah, black blue. Sorry, because that card is damn unbeatable <laughs> and totally worth the splash because it wins the game on the spot. And you want to know the absolute best part about this? Yeah. I did it two drafts in a row. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. <laughs> so basically you just nullify everything we ranted about here, but okay. Yes, but I was in a deck that had great... I was I was in a three-color format. Okay, fair. Like, yeah. that was a three-color format. And was I, was, a, yeah. I was in the color that had the best mana fixing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair. I'll allow it. Ah. <laughs> Worth. <laughs> mm -hmm. Fun fact, never pass Slumgar the Drifting Death no matter what format you're in. Everyone at the table will think you're stupid. <laughs> the card is a bomb. Okay. An unkillable bomb. We kind of touched on this one, and I feel like it's worth bringing up again. Hate drafting. Don't do it. You're making your deck worse. Like, hands down, 
unless there is yeah. literally nothing in that deck that even is even in the pack that is even remotely playable, not even a sideboard card for you. You yeah, should. And we are never... saying, and we are using the term literally to mean its actual meaning. Yeah, literally, literally, absolutely nothing. There better not be a card of your colors in that pack at like, that time. If there is a two mana two two colorless artifact in that pack, you should not hate draft because that card can go in your deck. If there is a naturalize in that deck in a format that has like three artifacts and enchantments and you're playing green, you should not hate their draft a card. Yeah. Like this is this is obviously like the, hate drafting is not the same as money drafting, mind you. If you want a money draft, that's a completely I mean, different story, right? Yeah. But if you're like, oh, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take cards because they have value. Just, I mean, whatever. Yeah. We're not stop yeah. Well, like, we. That's a completely different thing. We're not gonna. You know, we're talking actual factual. Like, I'm not gonna pass my opponent this five five angel for eight mana, because I can never beat it. Yep. It's not worth it. Like statistical probability. Yeah, what well, you know, you like. Here's what's gonna happen: you're gonna pass it. Your opponent's gonna cast it. Both games one and two, and you're gonna lose to it. And you're gonna feel bad about it. But that is not what should should happen, mathematically speaking. Yeah. And we're we're dealing with probability, not with the way reality likes to kick you in the teeth. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you, you very rarely get that kind of terrible justice on you, and you very rarely get obvious confirmation that you made a bad pick also yeah nobody people don't get to have my audric play <laughs> yeah that, that was that was just karmic justice at its finest so, this was the invitation i played in the top <laughs> uh, so it was top eight draft i was drafting blue white uh, uh yeah i drafted yes. blue white spirits and stuff like that so i have a pack and i don't know i must have had a stroke at the moment because <laughs> i still i still am working over my head i don't know why i made this pick so i had there was an audric and there is a Bound by Moonsilver. <laughs> I love how you and still for, remember the name of the card. And for <laughs> Because it's so glaringly obvious. And for some reason, I have no idea what it was, I took the Audric. And I still don't know. Like, I'm still mad at myself for it. Because, so round one, I play you. Yep. <laughs> and game two, because you smoked me. Oh, no, was it game three? Uh, it was game three. You... Did make it, I did make it game three. Yeah, yes. you won game two, I think. I mean, my deck wasn't terrible. No, your deck was, my deck was not. Your deck was fine. fine. It's just this. So, game three, you play a. You have Westvale Abbey out. Yes. And you flip, flip it into Ormondal. Uh huh. And I, I believe I draw my card for the turn, <laughs> needing a removal spell to get rid of this this transformed Westvale Abbey, a card like Bound by Moonsilver. Perfect answer I, to Westville Abbey, mind you. Perfect answer. And I draw Audric. <laughs> the card that I took instead of Bound by Moonsilver, which I proceed to play Audric, you proceed to steal it with that stupid madness card. Ah, uh, yeah. Welcome to the it fold. <laughs> and then attack me with my Audric. Rub it in. Exactly with, lethal. <laughs> uh, but, it, it, oh man, that pick still pisses me off like I'm, I'm so mad at myself for it i don't th i don't think i would have won the game against you but it just it's just one of those things where it's like your bad decision rubs you in the face yeah so this actually segues into a nice little you know topic of ours which probably is what your mind was thinking bad cards yeah. that make good cards better <laughs> don't play <Yeah>. them <laughs> yes like audric <laughs> is a 
three or four mana uh, three three. That if you have other creatures that have abilities, makes all your creatures have those abilities. Yeah. He's still terrible. He's like <laughs> he's like a solid mediocre. Yeah, like he's not a card that you wanted to play on turn four in that format. That just like no. that was not the format for Audric. I mean, he's a three-three for four, which is not good. But I mean, it's like a twenty-second card or twenty-third card. Yeah, you, like, you you play him for that's filler like, if you need him, right? Yeah, he's a filler card. Like, but yeah, that's just the thing. Don't like playing two bad cards to make a to make him a like decent card or a good card. It's just not worth it ever. It's like just play the decent cards if you can. Yeah. Like obviously sometimes you have to play crappy cards because you don't have enough cards. And that's just reality sometimes. Honestly, you probably, you know, usually the draft didn't go super great then either. But... Yeah, either the draft didn't go right or you screwed up somewhere along the way. Yeah. But and yeah. And I mean yeah, uh, it's it's kind of like playing bad enchantments to that do something cool and trying to trying to make it work. Like, I mean, I've lost to bad cards, too, and everything. I got double Dreadwaters out in Origins pre-release. I mean, like... Think, and I lost the game to it, man. You like, can <laughs> lose to a bad card, because here's the thing about bad cards. They're still a magic card. They still yep. have text on them. Well, unless it's Mudhole. But it has text. It just has very bad text. It feels delirium. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, so... One of the prime, <laughs> one of the prime examples of bad cards that make good cards better. So you play the bad cards. Um, there was a draft I was in where uh, Nahiri's Wrath was opened pack two. It was opened by the guy to my left. I didn't take it because I wasn't in those colors, and I passed it to the next person, and they took it, and I was pretty sure they were in red. So like so, and you know they wound up taking it, and then like a few picks later, a Providence. Makes its way down the table. I don't even know what that is. That you want to talk about cards with no text? Providence is worthless. All right, so it's a seven mana sorcery, five and Thank two you. white. I'm out. You, <laughs> you may. Like, I don't care what the text on that card is. I'm out. You may reveal this card from your opening hand. If you do, at the beginning of the first upkeep, your life total becomes twenty six. All right. Okay. When you cast this card, your yes. life total becomes 26. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this card goes around the table. Yeah. And we notice it doesn't wheel. <laughs> We're like, how? This is like, <laughs> like, literally, like, literally, I'd be looking at a pack with, like... <laughs> Like if this was my my second to last pick, like I'd be looking at this card in a basic land, and I'd be like, "God, the art is nice on this." <laughs> like so, we're like, "Where? What happened to the Providence? Did someone just rare draft it? Like really?" And then we hear round one, reveal Providence in my opening hand, <sighs> and we're just like, "Oh my god, why?" And like we ask the person who's playing it later, and they're like, "Well." I figure it's a really good card to discard to Nahiri's Wrath. You know what else is a really good card to, to discard in Nahiri's Wrath? Basically. A 2-2 two -two for 2. Because <laughs> like, you know what? If you don't have to discard it, it's a 2-2 two -two for you 2. You can still cast it. It's like, oh my god, why? Like, it's uh, gained 6 life. 
for a whole card. Like, well, it's oh, it's not it's if if your life totals like two, it's gained twenty four life. But you have to pay seven mana for it. If your life totals at two, if your life totals at two, like you don't have seven mana and you're dead because they're attacking you with creatures. Because they're attacking you with things that affect the board. Oh. I'm so glad I've never told you this story before. I'm, so I'm, just, I'm just gonna use this rant. So I am a very, I am, I'm not a great drafter. I'm like okay-ish, like and. In our drafts that we do with ourselves and stuff like that, I, you know, I usually do pretty well. Mm -hmm. When I've drafted at the store, I usually do fairly well, except for that top eight one yeah. that was pretty rough. You're, you're solidly like, above average. I'm, I'm solidly like a C plus, maybe. Yeah, probably. Know. C plus. Yeah, maybe, maybe a C plus. So, like, I, I, just... Uh, I, I just can't, I'm like I'm so mad I can't really get it out right now. Like just thinking about it, it's like I hate cards that don't do anything, like Providence and stuff like that. Like, and I'm a I'm a very much a pile of good cards drafter. I I I'm not a very good. I'm okay with synergy sets, but I want to do core set drafts. I want to draft a bunch of good cards and I want to attack people with those creatures and kill their creatures with my removal. And maybe if I'm going way out on a limb, I'll play a combat trick or something. But, like, and, and this is exactly the opposite of me. Like, when I'm making decks, I want to play cards that, I want to play, like, 10 mana enchantments that don't do anything. Except if you get, like, 13 other cards to fall into line. <laughs> like, in draft, just, you don't want to be playing cards like Providence or, um, like, you don't want to play these do-nothing enchantments. Yeah. Or... Or, like, 1-1 one, one creatures that are, like, 3 mana that have some ability that only works oh. when the stars align. How about a 1-2 like, for 1 that's unblockable? I I don't really like that, but... My opponent played... I had an opponent play that against me today, and then turn 2, he equipped it to make it a 2-3. A and I killed him when I had 10 life left. Okay. <laughs> I killed him on turn <laughs> like, 6. I was gonna say that feels like playing bad cards to make a decent card, like the exact same thing. But it's like you you want cards that at least have some impact. Yeah, and like it's if Providence uh, is the first card you draw for the in the game, you literally just skip a draw step. Yeah, like, like it just does nothing. Like it literally does nothing. <laughs> that card is basically a blank nine times out of ten. I, like at least at least with that stupid um uh, like. And it's not like that the life gain is horrible or anything. It's just that there's nothing there. It's like Resolute Archangel from M15 or whatever. Like, that card was okay because it had a creature attached yeah, to it. Yeah, she was did up. Some, she was did up something body. and you played it. Yeah. yeah. So now that I'm done with my giant rage tirade here, uh, do you have anything you want to finish off this show with? We'll just leave it on a high note, I guess. <laughs> leave it on the note of you just flipping absolute shit. Yeah. Uh, so two-headed giant tomorrow. Yeah. First time we've ever done this. Yes. Baseless speculation. What will our match win rate be? Supposedly, I think there's only three rounds actually instead of four. Yeah, I think there is. Um, should I be conservative or? I don't know. Just gonna, I'll, I'll be conservative. I think we'll go two-one. Just, just called shot this like. 
Do you think we have what it takes to beat those who have done this every single pre-release ever? So, most of the pre-releases we go to, like, except for one notable exception with me, basically, like, we're usually, like, 3-1 or 4-0. Like, I can't imagine this is that going to be that much different. I think we'll 2-1. Fair enough. Maybe I'm being a little arrogant here, but I'll, you know, fuck y'all. I have a podcast. <laughs> you're not saying four O's or three O's, so you're already, you know. We're gonna we're gonna four O the three round tournament. <laughs> yeah, we will. We're not we're not we're not only gonna win. We're gonna go over and crush the people who are playing in actual limited also or actual sealed two. <laughs> Bring it. That'd be great. I'm ex- I'm excited. I'm pretty pumped. We've been talking about doing this since, like, a long time. Yeah. Like, Origins or something. <laughs> Fun fact, they're single-game matches, by the way. Oh, they are? Yeah, no sideboarding. Woo. Take that into account. That's gonna be sweet. Yeah. We got we got one shot. Q, M, and M. So if you want to see back... <laughs> You can reach us at thelocalmeta at gmail.com. <laughs> I'm not even going to acknowledge you on that one, John. But unless you have anything left to say, except for... Unless you just want to cackle forever. We will catch you all next time. Uh, see ya.